Welcome to Balcony Cheerleader, the podcast dedicated to celebrating you. I'm your host, Miss Thunder. You know what it is. It's that boom time. And today, I've got Dave in the house. Dave, how you doing? What's good, Miss Thunder? I'm doing pretty good. He said, what's good, Miss Thunder? Sounding like Shaq again. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for being on the show. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about moving past the pain and finding success. Dave, woo-woo, hey. Hey, you know what it is, boo time. You better give me some more energy. <laughs> How you been since the last time I talked to you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, so we're we're talking about moving past the pain and finding success. And sometimes that's easier said than done, but you, my friend, have walked through it. So Anybody that's out there listening that has gone through a whole lot of stuff, they can find success in the end. So tell them a little bit about your background and then how you found your way back to such great success. You're the owner of two barbershops, successfully married, beautiful children, a nice home. Tell them your humble beginnings and how you got to where you are right now. Well, you know, I'm from the Midwest, Warren, Ohio, a little small city outside of Cleveland, car plants, steel mills. And um, I was blessed with uh, having my grandparents in my life. You know, I talk about them a lot. And my grandfather, he was a mechanic. And so he was real old school. So he always felt as though a man should know how to do something. You should have a right. trade. You should, you, right. know, you should never have to ask nobody for money or anything. You should know how to do stuff, fix stuff, be handy. So he always uh, stressed to me you know, um, being independent. Right. And so uh, with me getting myself into the situations that I got myself into at an early age, you know, I had to fall back onto my upbringing and fall back onto onto the knowledge that was given to me that I didn't want to hear. I was letting go of one Mm -hmm. hand or the other. So when I finally came about my situation, and, you know, I'm home now, so it's like, what you going to do? It's like, okay, I got my barber license. So, you know, I had a strategy, and I knew it was people, places, and things. So it was like I couldn't do, I couldn't hang around the same people, couldn't do this, go to the same places and do the same things. Right. So I started cutting hair in the barbershop, and I knew that if I stayed in Warren, Ohio, I was going to fall back into that trap. So See. I learned that about myself from, from my time, from being See. away. So I was like, I got to get out of here. And so uh ended up moving down here to Florida, and... um and I, you know, always had hopes and dreams of uh, owning my own business. So, you know, it's, um, I worked in the shop with somebody for about six, seven years, built a good clientele. Right. And the uh, owner of the shop, me and him kind of butted heads and he kind of did me kind of wrong. And which it was a blessing because that gave me the, you know, it gave me the energy and it gave me the courage to go out on my own. Mm. So, and it's kind of funny because it's like the same energy that I was using towards when I was doing wrong. I applied that same mathematics and that same knowledge. Mm, come on now. Towards you know, speak on towards it. Towards the business, and um, so I opened my first barber shop in Oviedo, and it was really just on faith. I remember um, I went to the LA Fitness that morning, and I drove through the plaza, and I seen the, a bunch of uh, lease signs, and I called the place. The guys, the, the property manager just so happened to be from Ohio. Hmm. And he and he he believed in me, he gave me opportunity, and um. And so, you know, um, I didn't look back. You know, I was able, I had enough money to put four chairs in there. I started off with four chairs. I was in there by myself. 
but I was just determined because I knew the chances make champions. So say that. Oh, oh, wait a minute! I love that. Say that yeah. again. Chances make champions, and yeah. and what gave me the courage to want to uh, have my own business and to be able to do it was when I moved down here to Florida due to my cousin Marky. I seen a lot of black men down here successful. Like I seen a lot of black men making like over a hundred thousand dollars a year. I seen a lot of educated black men. And I wasn't seeing that a lot in Ohio. So exposure is everything. So exposure. So expose your yeah. children to so, a different side well, of life. So me seeing that, it was it was just amazing. It inspired me, and I was like, "Yo, Marky, he come from the same thing I come from. Like, you know, <laughs> like I was did just as well in school as he did. You know, right. just, so so just seeing him and then hanging out with his friends and hanging out with them, it just made me realize like, wow, it's more to life than war in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, and with me doing a lot of reading and a lot of research while I was gone and seeing how how things is in America and how a lot of things were set up for us to fail. Right. I was like, you know, entrepreneurship was the only way. Like, you know, a lot of guys stop depending on somebody to give you a job, man, to start your own. And I seen that from the Latinos when See? I first moved here. You understand? I seen the Latinos, was they come here from wherever they come from, and they wasn't playing. They worked for somebody for a minute, saved their money, and they had their own landscaping company. They mm. had their own bodega, their own restaurant. How do, so anybody that, that's out there listening that have gone through, you know, um, some pain and um, said, you know what, that street life is not for me, but how do you heal past that pain? You have to, you have to find you somebody. You have to find a, a mentor, or a role model, and, and and that's and that's rare in the black community. It's like you know, people we, we so want to be so bravado and so uh, cocky right. or whatever. It's like you know, you gotta have somebody to look up to. That's right. You gotta that's have right. somebody just because it's just like now me getting older. I'm starting to learn that my way of thinking isn't the way. Like sometimes it's good to go get counseling or go talk to somebody else and yes, learn a different way of thinking. because in, for people that really don't understand this a lot, it, and it goes past whether you live in a disenfranchised area, even to people that live in the suburbs, it is not a natural thing for um, black communities to run and go get therapy. Yeah. Um, they tell you, you know, the way we were raised, we'll go to God and God can heal. And those things are true and that's okay. But some things you have to go get therapy to get past and to talk about. Because if we don't talk about these things, is how do you stop the pathology? You yeah. can't. And sometimes you need to talk with somebody who might have been through what you're going through. Come on with it. You know, and like, like back Come to what, we, what you were saying, what gave me the courage to go out on my own. It was just, you know, like, I had a credit card for eight thousand dollars. I think I had about five thousand cash, and we was getting my. We had just got our taxes, so I had a couple thousand from taxes. My aunt talked my aunt in and loaned me three grand. I had a friend of mine that loaned me three thousand. My mom let me charge a thousand dollars on her credit card. So mm. when I mean chances make champions, I bet on myself. Oh, you got to be willing to take a bet. Yeah. And then I love how you say this too, Dave. You said nothing comes to a sleeper. But a dream. dream. Yeah, because, like, from being away, we call it inside. They call it war stories. So, <laughs> like you can What's a, a war story? story? Sitting around a bunch of fools, just sitting around telling <laughs> lies and talking about they did this and did that, and you know they lying, and it's like <laughs> nobody want to hear them war stories. And then it's just like in a black community, you you, you go over like your cousin's house, y'all partying, y'all kicking it, right. and they're like, oh man, I'm gonna open up an ice cream shop one day, or I'm gonna open up a pizza joint one day. Right. Well, why you ain't did it? You know, it's like we always sitting around saying we're going to do this and do that, but we don't never put no 
we won't put no footwork behind it. So with me moving down here, like you know, Miss Thunder, like me knowing your husband, Kiras, from me knowing him, he was one of the first black dudes who I seen that made me feel like, wow, that's you know, like that's what that's. There's that, another way. Yeah, that, but like it like, doesn't have to be one road. He There's was, so many yeah, roads and, that you can yeah. travel. But he was like one of the first black men that I seen in the image to where like like I love the image that he portraying for us. So it was just like, it was inspiring. It was, it was amazing. And like, and so a lot of times it gets you over that fear and give you the courage. You got to have you somebody to look up to, look to. Up to. pick the right pick people the right that people. you want to yeah. put in front Your of you. Your circle is so invaluable and so important. Uh-huh. And you don't even got to be best of friends with all of the, some of the people like, you know, like my cousin, you know, and Kibris and all that. We will hang, we will do a lot of stuff together, but I know them. I, if I, if I need them for something, they, they don't speak now. They're the first guys right. who I'm calling for advice, and they give me some of the best advice. So just having the right people in your life and, the, you know, the right people around you. And um, and I was grateful, too, because in my upbringing in Ohio, blue collar, all we know is work. Right. You know, nothing So you else. had a good work ethic. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you, you have to be able, it has to start with you. Well, hustlers ain't lazy, though. They just let, they let the money and the fame make them lazy. Most mm-hmm. hustlers, when you're getting up, you you the first dude up in the morning. Up on the block, you're the first dude. You got to go make your run here. You got to go make your run here. Right. You got to go get your stuff or whatever. You got to go re-up. You got to, you, right. you, you working. Right. So why not put in some work where you ain't. And very intelligent, yeah, by the by way. way. Yeah. And we very call it like, we call it in the game, like throwing bricks at the penitentiary. <laughs> so it's like, why put in all that work throwing bricks at the penitentiary when you could put in work for yourself, legit, and Absolutely. reap all the benefits? Like, I make more money now than I ever made ever being in the streets. And, and by you, like you said, putting one foot in front of the other, having the faith, and surrounding yourself with people that, that, that believe in you, that emotionally invest in your dreams and people that you strive to be like. Yeah. And psych and, and you gotta you gotta learn your learn who you are. And with me, it's just like going to the gym, you know, or if I go to church. I j I can't go to one of these modern day churches where they in there and the music is kinda like the contemporary you know, kinda New wave gospel. Now I need that old down. I need that. I need yeah, to get the I need somebody need running around the, the church. Yeah, or if I'm going to the gym working out, I need to listen to that Tupac <laughs> or that Busy to give me the motivation that to work out. Clapping. Yeah. Come on, Jesus. So in life, you need people to 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 to, to, to motivate you. You need somebody to you know yeah. to look up to. Yep. So you know it's like that's you got to be. You, you can't be afraid to find you somebody that's going to give you that source of motivation. Mm. So you are this successful entrepreneur, happily married. Is is who you marry or who you're dating or who you're living with, does that play a key role in your success and and helping you heal from whatever you've gone through and even what you're going through now? Yeah, it does because when you know that you have somebody to depend on you, it's just like like at this, at this barbershop. I know with me having two barber shops, I got a total of 20 chairs in both the shops plus my chair, so 21. I know that they depend on me to pay these bills and for me to show up and be accountable. So Mm. like with me being married, like I met my wife, she's a beautician, so we have something in common. And and she wanted to have a family, which, you know, something I want to have. And um, so 
when I wake and when I wake up every morning and I roll over and I see her and then I go wake my kids up for school and cooking breakfast and getting them ready. Come outside, see my nice car in the driveway, go walk the dog in the morning, walking back up to my house and see the beautiful <laughs> house and in the beautiful neighborhood. That's why I get up every day. That's what motivates me. That's what, you know, right. and that motivates me to want to teach my son to be a good person and, and, and do well in life and like and achieve more than what I achieved, son. Mm. You know? Mm. Mm. And um, so it's just like I try to tell a lot of, I got a lot of, uh, Homies back at home in Ohio that I'm trying to tell them right now, man, like we are some of the most hard workingest, some of the best people it is in America, the people come out of Ohio, because we always raise up blue collar. I beg to differ anyway. Well, well you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know, Michigan too, people I'll from out of Michigan to too. But we, we know we're hard workers, and I try to tell them, like, yeah. if you get up out of here and see another way of living, there it is, because when you, I, I, when, when I'm doing motivational speaking, one of the things I always say to people is, the mind is the seed, and the soul and your action is the harvest. If you have that seed in your head and you plant your seed, it ain't gonna blossom unless you water it, right? Mm -hmm. It's just what you said. You had that vision. Now let let's go back to your younger self at 17. When you were 17 years old. Did you envision that this is what your life was gonna look like? Or was this something you like, okay, this this came to you later, or this is something you always knew? No, I always had like bucket list type of dreams. Mentality. And, 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 um, and what's the word? I had like bucket list type of achievements that I felt right. like I was gonna achieve throughout my right. lifetime. And one of the things when I was like 16, 17, I always said, I'm gonna live somewhere where I got a palm tree in my yard. Ooh. So. so when you were, let's go back to your younger self, when you were 9, 10, 11, 12, did you know when you were that young that this is the type of house I want? This is the type of life I want in terms of I want a wife, I want kids, I want that palm tree, I want a park, I want to live where there's a beautiful, when did that seed, when did that seed manifest? Well, man, that seed didn't manifest till like later on when I was um, when I was away, because uh, when I was that age, eight, nine, ten years old, I was hell bent on wanting to be a marine. I wanted to go be in the, oh, into the military. Oh, you wanted to so, get yeah. set it off. Yeah, because you know, as a kid, you had chips, you had the mashed right. show and all that. So we was in a lot of shows growing up. We watched, you know. So I, and one of my favorite type of movies was like you know the uh, war movies and stuff like that. Right, so I wanted right, to be a soldier. Right. Okay. And I knew that one, a lot, and not only that, a lot of, at the time when I was young, a lot of the black men who I looked up to when I was young were a lot of the older kids that were graduating from high school and going to the military. So in the black community, you see dudes come back from the military, they got a new car, dressing Stripes, nice. They've been the over in, yeah, they've been in Korea, they've been over in Guam, Hawaii, whatever. So that was something, you know, one of the first things as a kid I looked up to. Absolutely, and that that's something to uh, to look up to because those are impressionable uh, role models. And as we take this break, Dave, I'm going to ask you, the listeners who have not subscribed, to please subscribe to the show and download this episode. 
And if you would like to be a guest on the show and, of course, share your story of inspiration or hear a new show topic, please go to www.missthunder.net. And I also want to give a shout out to because today's episode was brought to you by Coleman's Barbershop. There are two locations. One is located in Oviedo on the Park and the other one is located in downtown Avalon Park. Also, the show was brought to you by Numbers Matter Sports Apparel. So, Dave, let's go back to this conversation about how when you were a kid, you would see the military guys come into the neighborhood. And even with them coming into the neighborhood, how come that seed didn't stay and see you all the way through? Because I got, to me, um, in my opinion, like when you... In this day and era, we talk about racism, we talk about discrimination and a lot of stuff. To me, the worst thing I feel like that ever happened to the black community was cocaine. And then the reason why I say that is because when I was a kid, when I was eight, nine years old, I looked up to the guys that were going to the military, that was making something out of their lives. And also, I looked, it was a lot of black men going to college, a lot of black women going to college. The HBCUs was real popular. The Alphas, the Kappas, the Qs, all that stuff. So it was like the Spike Lee movies, do the right Right. thing and all that. So it was like, I knew that like, oh, I'm either going to the military or either I was, I wanted to go, yeah, I wanted to be an officer in the military. Absolutely. So I had a lot of, like I looked up to a lot of, like when I was in middle school, I looked up to a lot of the kids that were in high school that had the Letterman jackets that was playing right. ball. Cause that was the most popular thing to do in a small little city, go to the basketball games, the football That's games. Correct. So we looked up to those kids and they were doing well. Right. Well, in, in the mid eighties, when that cocaine came into the black community, it destroyed a lot of people's dreams. Oh, sure. and, and, and it gave a lot of false sense of- Reality. Yeah, reality to a kid like me. I was impressionable. Young kid, young parents, wasn't being monitored properly the way that I should have been monitored. Absolutely. My movements wasn't being monitored. Absolutely. I was taken care of really well. My mom, she the type of mom, she'd lick her finger and wipe the the the, 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 uh, <laughs> the crust out of my eye, you know that. <laughs> you know, so so she was good. Like, don't get it wrong, man. I had a great mom. My mom was a good mom, but she just was young, and she wanted to still live her life too, you know. And and, and then going through the uh, like we say the mental health that people in the black community don't address. Like she was hurt by my, my, my dad. He was, he wasn't a good dude. He was messing around on her. He was, he got messed and up out there angry. on drugs. Yeah. So it was a bad breakup. So right. she was still trying to find herself, you know? And one of the things I can say, you know, I, I believe in no judgment, no he, I have no judgment again to anybody. Cause I'm the most imperfect person, Dave, you will ever meet. I tell people that all the time, but when you decide that you're going to bring children into this world and whatever reason don't have the resources or you can't get it together or don't have it together, they're collateral damage. And they pay the price for your iniquities every single time. Whether you're going through this or not, your children pay the tab on that. Yeah, I feel like, like that's why I feel like God giving me a second, third, fourth opportunity because in the midst of me when I was younger running the streets and you know doing that living that life I had three older kids so I wasn't able to be in their life because I was away so um how did you mend the relationship with your three older children when you were away it's still like right now it's it's still a, a work in progress but I'm I'm grateful that 
I had a good family and they and they was raised up good. You know, like my my family had a a big hand in raising them while I was away. Mm-hmm. And so they they're all doing pretty good. You know, like my uh oldest daughter, she's a uh, makeup artist wow. and does facials and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, my son, he's he's a music producer. He's trying to make it in the music industry. Okay. And my uh middle daughter, she graduated from um Ohio State or Ohio State or Columbus State. Uh, and um, she has a good job right now. She's doing well. So they're all doing well. So I'm, by the grace of God, they all turned out to be okay. Right. But the relationship was strained when I came home because I wasn't there. But God gave me an opportunity with my younger kids now. And the progress I made in life and by me educating myself and obtaining all the knowledge I could obtain to become a better person. Right. And I seen all the mistakes that my parents made. Mm. And I seen all the mistakes that I seen my aunts and uncles. Yeah, so I seen... You broke it. Because I was still at that age where I could remember the things that scarred me, that made me feel, resent a lot of stuff towards them. So I was like, I don't want to do that to my kids, my younger kids. And I just prayed and hoped to God then my older kids seen the way I love their brother and sister, their younger brother and sister, right. and they gonna be like, "Dang, dad ain't a bad person." Cause look at how he doing a little day right. and, and uh, right. jewels. So, mm-hmm. and street life robs you of that. Yeah, it robs you of so many years um, because it creates, like you said, a mistrust among your kids. And now that they're older, they can see. But I, I love how you said your relationship with them is a work in progress. That lets me know, and people who are out there listening, that you're in it for the long haul. You have accepted responsibility, and you're working through your healing and trying to reach and save them too. But they're inspired by my like. But what's so crazy is that they inspired by my move down here to Florida and really? the progress I made. Like yeah, like it's like you know it's a work in progress. But like they really like look up to me I believe you know you're like, laying the groundwork yeah. to let them know that one you can achieve anything yeah. step out there on faith like you said and if you truly believe in yourself it's yours yeah. I mean nothing comes to a sleeper, sleeper but, but a dream. dream wake up you because you only got one life to yeah. live and there's nothing out here that, like what what I really want to say on this podcast and all the young brothers out there that's listening they want you to be in the streets, poisoning your community. They want you to do that. Like you don't even know how smart and how strong we are as human beings. Like if you put that same energy towards something legit, I'm telling you right now. Like my grandfather say, a hard earned dollar will stick. And and, and and if you and if you build it, they'll come. Like you know, like don't waste your life away in these streets because it's pixie it's, dust yeah it's pixie dust and it's like and and, and we got a saying too like in, a, in you know a lot of us hustlers we like we're not gonna knock you about how you might go about getting your money but have a plan like have, have, a, plan. have a plan like look at like a lot of this country was built off of boot liquors bo- prohibition li- alcohol prostitution yeah. a lot of illegal stuff but they got that money to go legit to, to, to they bought the block Right. They bought real estate. They bought, you know, commercial real estate. They bought, opened up their businesses. Absolutely. They bought property. They own houses. They didn't just, they wasn't doing it just for the lifestyle, just to wear suits and drive Model T cars. And all that. Yeah, walking around. They did it. They bought it into politics. Yeah, they so bought, for yeah, it. they bought mayors. <laughs> they bought governors. They, they paid it, you know, yeah. So it's like, so you got to like, these guys got to be smart and realize that 
that life is just a dead end street. There's That's nothing, it. nothing, nothing. It's three. It's and, you know, and even with the people who flip their money and make it legit, let me just say this: everybody get caught once. Yeah, you and that's all it takes is just one time. And there's three roads you gonna hit. You gonna either hit the graveyard, jail, or somebody's hospital. And all three of these places that I just described, they take them in at midnight, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. Oh. It, it, and it's so easy to get in, but so hard to get out. And when you in that, when you live in that life, you you get sucked in. You gotta think like when you're in the streets and you're a hustler, mm-hmm. you selling, you you selling your product to some of the some of the worst people it is in the community, in the society. You're selling it to the other pushers. And then if you're on a lower level, you're selling it to the users. Right. So you're selling it to like the most negative people it is in the, in society. Mm-hmm. And not only that, you're around the most negative people it is in society because that lifestyle, you're going to have to be around some negative people and some cold-hearted, callous people to, to be able to live that type of life and to keep, you know, to be able to keep doing that. So it's like... And that's somebody's mother. That's yeah. somebody's father. That's somebody's yeah. sister, cousin, yeah. grandmother that's out there. And it could be yours. Yeah. And how you going to ever meet anybody? Like all the people that I met since I've been living my life the right way and doing the right thing, I've I got so many connections. My leases to my shop. One of my, my cousin helped me negotiate my lease. See? My, I, got, I got a lawyer friend that do anything for me, don't even charge me, just because they so happy to see me doing Doing good. So it's like you get so many connections, you get so many hookups. But look at the energy that you put out. I mean, I'm not knocking what these other people do, praise God for them, but you get free haircuts, give away free backpacks, because you see each one teach one, we gotta reach one. Uh You're also a giver too, Dave. So what you, the the energy that you put out, you're going to receive that back. My grandmother used to say, when you do right, right will follow you. When you do bad, that bad will follow you. And those same bad people will follow you too. It's like um, my buddy said something to me the other day. He said, worst thing you can do to yourself is look in the mirror and lie to yourself. Ooh. No, and it's like, until you can be, until you can be happy for, that person who has what you want, you ain't gonna never get yours. That's it. Because if you envy other people and strive for what other people have, you're only building an imitation of that other person. You're yeah. still not building yeah. yourself. I've had like being a barbershop owner, it's kind of hard because you got to deal with all those different personalities. Absolutely. Barbers are cocky, they think they know everything. And it's like, so you got to choose your battles wisely. And I think one of my the greatest attributes about me and, and my role in ownership is I'm genuinely, I get more joy out of seeing their success than my own success. Absolutely. Because you're wired that way and you're going to continue to have great success because you, I call it the open fist, closed fist syndrome. You open your fist and you, and you open up the palm of your hand and you're saying to anybody that want to get what's in your hand, come get it. Because you know at the end of the day, what's meant for you to have, you're going to have. What's meant for you to be, you're going to be. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and there's no way of getting around that. So at the end of the day, everybody, anybody who's out there listening, Dave, tell them it wasn't an easy road for you to come back. You had to work jobs of 50, 60 hours, but you were determined like hell to get back. Plus, I, I moved down here to Florida with all of my possessions and on, uh, hooked onto the back of my truck 
on the U-Haul trailer. <laughs> you see? <laughs> <laughs> and I lived with my cousin for like three months. And then me and my wife, we moved out and got our own place. See? And I was I was you know, I was determined not to come back. Like I, the shop I worked at, dude gave me a key. I they ended up up to a nine o'clock. I would be there every morning at eight o'clock. You understand? Making sure I got that first walk in until I build a clientele. So it's don't nothing come to a sleep with a dream, man. Like it was like you can achieve anything that you want in life legitly. Mm. You don't gotta do it the wrong way. And if you're out there doing wrong, please start thinking about doing something legit and get out that life. I love your message. I love what you stand for, and I thank you so much. Oh, but before you go, I'm going to see ask you this quick question. All right, who are the top three NBA players of all times? Because, you know, you and I are both basketball and football fanatics. So, okay, top three NBA players of all time. Let's go. Okay, number, <laughs> number, number, number three, I'm going to say uh, – Number three, I'm gonna give it to uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. At number three, because he was the most dominant dude ever. In that like, position, in that him position, and Kareem yeah. Abdul-Jabbar, for sure. Yeah, and he got what, four or five? He got five rings, right? Yeah. For, for and, sure. Uh, and number two, ooh, as bad as I don't want to say this, I know you're uh, gonna say it. <laughs> number two, I got. I, I'm gonna put LeBron at number two right now. Oh, but, he just put a dagger yeah, in my yeah. heart. But no. but but to. To me, I feel like he's the greatest player ever. The GOAT. But, he, but he's still playing, and I can't take away from Jordan's accomplishments. So Jordan. I feel like, you know. Michael Jordan. Like, yeah, Jordan. I feel like we was all saying Jordan was the greatest, but we it was an asterisk mark. But when he finally retired, we kind of appreciated him. Absolutely, you know? so, absolutely. Okay, so I can one. That. But LeBron, he, uh, I say this, Shaq 3, uh, Jordan and LeBron, it's a tie at one. Ah, <laughs> he played his same. You played his same. But nah, played I, same. Jordan the GOAT right now. LeBron 2, Shaq 3. Okay, so now we get past the NBA. Who's going to be on the collegiate level? Who's going to be our national champion for 21-22? The Ohio State Buckeyes. You can believe that if you want to. You know the Big Ten is a weak conference. You know I love y'all. Because I'm from Michigan and I'm a big time Michigan fan. I'm not disrespectful. Okay, so are you trying to tell me the Big Ten is tougher than the SEC? Come on, Mr. The Big Ten, we there there every year. We we won the first playoff. (laughs) We beat Alabama in the first playoff. Answer this question. Who's got the toughest collegiate conference? Is it the SEC the ACC or the Big Ten? The Big Ten. You see what I'm saying? Now you nah, just nah, nah, I'm just, nah, you the, out of pocket. Nah, the, the, the SEC is rough. <laughs> but like, if you look at it right now, the Big Ten, you got Iowa. It was three against four yesterday. Iowa played Penn State. They 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 barely now who in Iowa State. can get with Georgia, Florida, nah, come but see, on though, now, but, Kentucky. But see, this is the thing: the difference between the SEC and the Big Ten. The SEC get tons of four or five stars. The Big Ten will get a ton of two, three stars, but they'll stay there to their senior year. And so, like, every three, four years, those right. teams have good teams. Yeah, that's so, true. So, like, I feel like every year the Big Ten ain't going to be the most dominant conference. It's always going to be the SEC. But, like, that year when a lot of them – when the Big Ten have a lot that's of seniors, true. That's true. They, they, they dominate. Yeah, you're right. Because Michigan, when they have that and Ohio, even Wisconsin – Ooh, Michigan ain't been good in a long time. Oh, so we're not going to even go Ooh, there because you man. know how Ohio keeps sliding up in there. And then know, every, wait a minute. Doesn't. And every year when they come down here and have to play somebody in the SEC, they get slaughtered. Ooh. It's like you said, what happened last year? 
year. That's all I got to say what happened uh, in 2018. I mean, yeah. yeah, okay. See, you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm losing you. We getting a I bad mean, connection not, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we was there, though. That's all that matters. Like, you can't win them every year. We was there. <laughs> you know, I'm just messing with you. The, you know what? I love my Big Ten, my Ohio State Buckeyes. I love my Wolverines, my Spartan. I love Wisconsin. You know, it's all good. But My I just nephew had just got an offer from Michigan. Daddy, Bryson tell Rogers. Him to go, blue and gold, blue and gold. Yeah, shout out to Bryson Rogers, number twenty seventh ranked wide receiver in the country, four star Wiregrass Ranch. Oh, that's what's up. That's a shout out to you. Well, Dave, I want to thank you for being a guest on Balcony Cheerleader. Will you come back and join me sometime in the future? You think? Yeah, of course, most definitely. Hey, so what's it like chopping it up with your girl Thunder? Uh, Miss Thunder, you awesome. Uh, you got a lot of energy. Bad love. I love uh, <laughs> the topics and everything, and I'm just grateful that you get me an opportunity to uh, share my story and I'm hoping that you know it reaches through to one person and you know and help somebody out and just want everybody to know and a lot of you guys out there this you know just living that life and you teetering on that you know whether or not you should stop doing what you're doing and and, and go in the right direction trust me man do it man it's, it's, it's do it if you got kids you got family, you got grandparents. The only reason why I feel like I made it, because I know my grandmother and my aunties and I was praying for. Somebody prayed for me to still be here right now. I thank, I, th I thank you. It is an honor to know you. Um, anybody, if, if you don't know this man sitting before me, Dave Coleman, he is one of, they call him the goats. He's one of the goats because he lived it He's giving back and sharing so many great knowledge and he gives his, his love and he gives his knowledge in an unconditional manner. And it's like, he has no judgment. And for that, we need more people like you in the world. And I, I just thank you. I'm so humble for you. You and your beautiful family, your supportive wife. You know, I, I'm just so happy to, to be a part of knowing someone like you. Cause see, you, you guys, people like you, you help me keep going when I want to give up. Because there are times when I really think, oh, my God, what am I doing? But when I encounter this conversation and when I encounter people like you, you give me that hope to keep going. So I thank you, Dave. So, okay, so how can people get a hold of Dave? What's your social media and Instagram handle and all that good stuff? My Instagram is dc73black. You can um, reach me on Instagram, and you can um, DM me. If you uh, ever want to have a talk with me, you can DM me, shout me out, let me know what's going on, give me your number, I'll give you a call. You can stop by the barbershop, get a cut, we can chop it up. And, um, Loving it. Yeah, Loving you, and it. I got two locations, like you said, in downtown Avalon Park and Oviedo in the park. And also, too, I want to give a special shout-out to my wifey, Wife, Emily Coleman, like you know, what I'm saying she holds me down. If it wasn't for her, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at. She a great mom. She holds us down. Dang, that's what's up. I love that. Again, I want to thank Dave Coleman and also want to thank our military veterans. Once again, you military veterans who are serving active or retired, I just appreciate you. EMT, our firefighters, teachers, our frontline COVID staff and law enforcement officers, I salute you from the bottom of my heart. You guys are our everyday heroes. And I also want to humbly thank you for taking the time out of your busy day and allowing me to be a part of your day. 
The goal was for Balcony Cheerleader, each one, teach one. Hopefully today, Dave and I, we can reach one. And please don't forget to hit that subscribe button to the show and download this episode. And, and if you would like to be on the show, I would love to hear from you. I promise I will, and I'll get back with you. Just go to www.missthunder.net. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for being here, Dave. You guys have a good one.